podcast is brought to you by EJA Services, a moving company located out of the Utica, Rome area, but servicing all of Central New York and beyond. Let's face it, moving can be stressful. Relax and let the reliable movers take care of tasks for you. From antiques to electronics to home decor items, they have the experience and the equipment to ensure your items will arrive at their destination unblemished and on time. They can move everything from your apartment, condominium, townhouse, single-family home, or office with ease. Competitively priced movers in Utica, New York. Again, they service all of something New York beyond. Moving help, relocation services, office moves, complete packaging services, unpacking, loading services. You know what? Maybe you bought some new items for your office or your home. Shouldn't have to stress about that because they can deliver those things too. Contact their moving and delivery specialist to help you have the new furniture, art, piano, items delivered. Visit their office at 9772 River Road in Marcy, New York, or call them at 315-335-0516. That's 315-335-0516. Or go to their website, ejamoving.com, and tell them that Just Joe sent you. Me just jumping in here just to remind you, just to remind you that the Royal Auto Group and Jason Allen are a sponsor of this amazing podcast. Thank you, Jason. RoyalAutoGroup.com. That is RoyalAutoGroup.com. The Just Show podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors. And my good friend, Charlie, when it comes to hardwood floors, nobody better in the central New York area than him. He's been doing it his entire life. I mean, entire life. You've walked on floors that he's probably done. You've seen floors. You've seen basketball probably played on those floors. You just ripped up some carpet in your house, realized you got these beautiful hardwood floors underneath it. You want to make them look good? Call Charlie. Call Charlie at 315-463-0674 or at AdvantageHardwoodFloors at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 53. Welcome, y'all. What is up? How are you guys and gals and everything and everyone? How are you? Welcome to episode 53. We've gotten over the hump at 50. Now we're going to cruise towards 100. Uh, Again, I hope you guys are really enjoying this. Uh, And again, huge shout out to my sponsors every week. EJA Moving and Storage now. They're offering storage now. I'm going to have to change that around. They got storage in there, so check out them. Uh, Jason Allen in the Royal Auto Group, and of course, Charlie in Advantage Harwood Floors. Thank you so much. You guys are uh, able to cover the expenses of be able to make this podcast happen every week. And huge shout out to my producer, extraordinaire, Cody Mack, and the overall man himself, Josh from K-Rock. So this episode... I'm going to speak to one of the youngins, one of the up-and-comers in this area. Uh, I've had my eye on him and his brother and any project they've been doing for the better part of, I don't know, ever since they came around on the scene. They're from the Finger Lakes area here in uh, in, in New York State, uh, FLX as they call it around these parts. Um, at first, I was thoroughly impressed with their with their um, songwriting and singing abilities at an an early age when I first stumbled upon them, probably 10, maybe 15 years ago at this point. Time goes by really fast. Um, And I've watched them grow up. And uh, we became friends, I don't know, good part, maybe 10 years ago and got very close to the past few years. Uh, And the one thing that I really admire about Tommy that I'm going to have on here and his brother Kenny is the, the, the business sense of things. 
most musicians at that age, I knew at my age, had no freaking clue what the fucking industry was all about and how to work this business. And it just isn't, hey, just going to go out and play a gig and get some cash and pay my bills. Like, there's a whole process to this. And I've watched them really grow in that aspect. And that is, you know, I've got, I was had mad respect for them as musicians. And then it became mad respect for Tommy's business sense as well. So he is wise beyond his years. And I want to talk about that. And we'll, God knows what else we're going to talk about. As always, welcome to the Just Joe podcast. Everybody, welcome Tommy Andy. You know, obviously, as an athlete in college, I didn't sing as much, so I didn't really pay attention. But then as I got older, I realized, you know, how important it is. And, and once I got fit, like my ability, my singing abilities went through the roof, you know, like. Yes, and dude, just, you're powerful. <laughs> well, I mean, I had, I mean, here's the thing. You, we sit there and watch these singers that we all grew up listening to. And then you go see them live and you're like, oh, I mean, everybody's going to age. Listen, no one's going to sing like they did when they're 20. You know, no one's going to be able to hit. Certain notes when they're 20, but some people can, it doesn't mean that there's outliers. There's people like Glenn Hughes, you know, who sang for deep purple and Sabbath and, 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 and and, I mean, there's a laundry list and that dude's almost 70 years old and can still sing everything in the same keys and everything else. So, and I don't know how he does it. He's an outlier, but like, I don't want to be someone like, and I'll just say it out. I don't want to be Don Dockin. Jesus Christ. Right. Totally. Or, or Stephen Percy. Yeah, you just don't want to be those guys. I mean, we're it, just name dropping. I'm like, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I don't care. It's like the, like those dudes you are going to tune Don into Dockin's my podcast, right? You know, Stephen Percy never really had a great voice, but Don Don Dawkins' voice back in the '80s was insane. Like before Dawkins got big, he was such a good singer that they flew him. The record label flew him to Germany to work with Klaus Main from Scorpions on the um, oh man, what was the Love at First Thing record? They're like, can you go over and work so, with work, work with that guy and help him get a, better as a singer? And Klaus Main have been singing since like the Scorpions have run since the late sixties, and they sent this kid over. Do you there to work think? With him. Do you think it's a, a sustainability thing and a technique thing, or do you think it's just a luck of the draw? Like, well, some I'm, of his voice just give up on him eventually. Well, I mean, I think some things are genetic, but I mean, also someone like Don Dockin, like was an alcoholic, like a major alcoholic for years and years and a smoker. And that has a big effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't abuse your body like that and, and you can have all the technique in the world. But if you're going to like treat your body like shit, you're going to, you're going to eventually, that's like putting in, like if you had a NASCAR and you just went to the store, you went to the gas station here and just put in, you know, 89 octane. It's <laughs> eventually the, that is the, is the tough thing about being a singer though. It's so intangible. And it's so internal that it's like anything you put in your body, anything you do with your body is going to have an effect on whether or not you can do your job. Like for lack of a better term, like yeah. that was so frustrating for me as a, like the lead singer of a band. It was like, man, these guys can do whatever they want. And as long as they get up and tune their guitars, it's going to make the email. Right. Like if I don't sleep enough, if, if I talk too much, if I right. eat too much cheese, if I, if I have caffeine instead of water, like all these things are going to affect whether or not I can do my job. And, and when you can't, it's not black and white. It's, no, it's, it's, it's not a tangible it, it, internal thing. That's why every day I don't, I don't know. I may, maybe I'll have it today. Maybe I won't, but you also learn that like even the days you don't have it, how to still sound like you have it when you don't have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. I tell Chad all the time that it's like me not being warmed up 
it's not going to change necessarily what you hear, but it is going to change what I feel. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And a lot of times I don't even warm up anymore. I used to warm up all the time. Uh, but like w- once I get a workout in, like if I run and do a workout, I'm warmed up. Like, I don't feel oh, like I same, have to, same, I, don't, so. I don't have to warm up my vocals. So people like you don't warm up as much anymore. Cause I'm like, dude, I just worked out for two hours. I'm well, like, I'm warmed up. I, we used to literally every single gig, we, we have a ritual. We're going to load in, we're going to sound check, and then we're going to leave 15 minutes between sound check and starting so that we can go in the car and sing scales. <laughs> yeah. And we, we sing the national anthem cause it's got peaks and valleys of yeah. notes. Um, and we, we just get our voices warm before we start. But, we kind of have stopped as well. And I totally agree. Like for me, it's, it's funny because I'm mostly I'm skateboarding when it comes to working out, but I can tell you from my Fitbit perspective, it's a great workout, but I agree when I use my body, when I, I use my voice and I go out and I, I get my body warmed up. My voice is warmed up. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's backtrack. I mean, we just started going down a rabbit hole before we even like started. <laughs> do, I mean, I do an introduction. So, um, but my, my introduction said that I came, uh, you know, I stumbled upon you guys when you were young and I think it was, was another name before nasty habit? Was there another name? I'm keep thinking there was another name or was it nasty habit? And then it became something else. Am I correct? No, no. So, so there was three names in total and okay. you probably found us when we were grime was the band name. When yes. We were Syracuse. Yes. But I am so intrigued to hear like your perspective on finding us as 14 year old grime. <laughs> I, it was <laughs> my, it was, it was my space. You know, I don't okay. even I don't even think the Facebook thing had really taken off and and I was always just hip as to what was what was going on. You know, I always got my paying attention, especially when I my brand new sin and then I got um I was in in charge of booking and managing the lost horizon. That was one of my things. So I was like, All right, I'm just gonna start doing this. So I started putting my eyes out there and just listening and finding out what was going on in the scene and I don't even know how I stumbled up. You know what? I might have been from some of the cats and I know in Auburn and I had conversations with everybody down in Auburn and Oh and, yeah, it could have been Dead Rose. Yeah, and, and yeah, they, and pro- it was probably with Andy cuz cuz Andy Andy the singer of Dead Rose and I were very close. Actually, I was just texting him cuz we we're busting somebody's balls and I just texted him a little bit before but it was probably him because uh he had um him and I I kind of took him under my wing and he for a little while before he moved to Nashville, he lived with me. So, oh, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And right before like dead Rose just kind of over with and he was doing a few things before he took off. And, uh, and I think, yeah, I think that's how I stumbled upon you guys. And I just kind of kept an eye on you, you know? And I was like, well, I don't know. And, you know, we'll start. and I just was, I was impressed. Like I said, in the intro, I was impressed with like the, the professionalism with how you guys presented yourself. You didn't look like a local band. Your videos were definitely not like, you know, <laughs> local quality you know they were i mean i mean you, they were shot locally but they were just done so much better i'm like man these guys these guys are on to something i go i don't know if they're gonna i don't know if they're gonna make it doing what they're doing because they're going to a, a, a market <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. is pretty much it's not dead i mean if it was 1985 you guys would have probably blown the fuck up but um i'm like i don't know well, where they're gonna go with this specific way you have to do it if you're gonna do it now and i don't think we were doing it that way and on top of that there's a total feeling with. Like like you said, it's like you can get kind of big if you want to be, you know, a hair band in 2010, but you can't get really big. No, no. You, I mean, you have to understand. Like, it's like, like someone getting into a black metal band. It's like, okay, you're, I don't care. You're never going to sell millions of records. You're going to be in a very niche market. 
and yep. and, and there's a ceiling and you're going to have to compete with these bands that are like, you know, legendary and already established. And it's very hard to break in that market uh, because there's only so much of that pie being eaten. I mean, we had that problem, brand new sin. Um, I mean, there was a lot of issues, it, not, not issues. We were up against a lot of things when we signed. I mean, we're, we signed a deal when the whole industry was just literally falling apart, you know? So uh, that was one thing. But another thing was, is that we were in a market, we were in doing something that like, there was very few, like we toured with black label society twice. We toured motorhead twice, but those people want black label society and motorhead. They're not, you know, it's hard for them. It's hard for you to like take a piece of that pie when there's only so much of that. Well, that's pie. also a very, it's a very stubborn fan base. Like, Oh yeah. Metalheads are some of the, I mean, like without calling them out, there's some of the most closed minded oh, music listeners out there. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think we experienced that too, when we started to pivot, um, because, it's like when you're 15 and you decide who you want to be, I'm sorry, but when you're 25, you're not going to want to be that thing anymore. Like for the no, most part, you no. know, some people figure it out at 12 and never stop. But for us, it was like, okay, so we wanted to be Guns N' Roses. And then we, we did, we became, you know, our version of Guns N' Roses. But by the time I grew up, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I think I'm over it. Yeah. And, um, and that was kind of like the pivot that, that took us out of, of any momentum we had. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what I said again in my intro is that I watched you guys and I don't, I don't remember when we first crossed paths, but the one thing that really impressed me that was not only that, but then when I got to know you, I'm like, man, he's got a really good business sense about him that is wise beyond his years. And even wise about people that like myself that have been in this business for 20, 30 years, you know? So, um, that's important. It's like, man, if you want to be a working musician, that's all well and good. Okay. You want to play two, 300 shows a year and make your living doing it. It's all well and good, but man, you better learn the business side of this thing. Does not necessarily the music business. Like, Hey, I got to sign a record deal and management and all that. No, just on a very local level, you have to understand how the business works. And that is for you can be the best. I know people around here, um, that are amazing musicians, but when they just can't get out of their own way because they don't have a business sense about them and they've never been able to grow past what they're going to go past. And yeah, same, same. And you also have to realize you have a shelf life in certain areas. Doesn't mean you can't be a working musician your entire life, but are you going to be a 60 year old guy playing at the bar down the street? Right, right, and that's that's absolutely like a, a concern I think that everyone should have as a uh, you know a local like gigging musician. But first, I just want to say thank you for for the kind words on that because honestly, like I look at you and I'm like, damn, Joe is always one step ahead of me. Like anything that I decide, I'm like, oh, I should. I'm like, Joe's been doing it for years, <laughs> um, which I love. Like it's it's great to have somebody you know who's kind of like trailblazing um, to look to for inspiration and um and guidance in that way and, and also like you for example you said you took andy under your wing and you, you helped him out like that is such a cool person to be like when i hit you up and said hey how's twitch and you're like dude it's amazing you got to get on i think you'd do well like come into my stream check it out like being cool and welcoming like that first of all is like that's what twitch is all about but it's also it's such a better person to be than to be the one that's like hey uh, no, you don't, you don't want to do Twitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. even though you know, you know damn well it would be good for me. Right. Well, like, there's people out there that are like that. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not. I've, for years, I used to give myself away to a lot of people, you know, and give my knowledge away to a lot of people. But I'm very, very selective now as about to do that one because I've I've fucking have busted my ass to gain the knowledge that I have, you know, and paid my dues. I mean, if I was like, if I had a PhD, that means I would have spent, you know, 15 years in college and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the knowledge that I did and then practical knowledge and everything like that. So I'm very um, protective about having the, you know, Hey, Hey man, you want to get a cup of coffee so I can pick your brain? <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. so, so my knowledge is worth a dollar fifty. you know? All right, cool. I understand that. But I, it doesn't mean that I don't give that away, but I, when I do give it away, I do like to give it to people that I know that are going to fucking really Listen, because I mean, we're all, I mean, if it wasn't for some of the other cats in this town or not even in this town, let's talk about some of the other cats that I've met in the business that didn't give me that time of day, but they knew that I was willing to listen and and follow through. But most people, they want to, they want to listen, but then they're just going to tell you how they're going to do it anyways. It was like, why? I just wasted my fucking time. I've done that before. I've given these people like, you know, a bunch of stuff and ideas. And then they're like. Well, well, I do it this way and this way. Why would you, you know, I, I just can keep, well, you're, I can keep doing that. I'm like, it might work for you. I'm not going to say that my way is the only way, but you came to me asking me why I've had the success that I've had. And then you just completely ignored everything that I did and you wasted my fucking time, you know? So you know, right, when you're sitting there justifying and explaining, like, yeah. well, no, but yeah, it's like, come on. Cause most, most musicians will, you know, I, I remember coming to me, even when I had a record deal, I'm like, man, I want to get a record deal and, and. And I want to, I want to do everything that you're doing. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's talk about this. I go, you got a girlfriend, wife? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to, you're probably going to end up breaking up. Okay. Uh, you have any kids? Yeah, I got one. Okay. You're never going to see them. You got family, friends. Yeah. All right. Well, all those relationships going to be strained. Uh, do you have, do you drink? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're going to probably have a drinking problem. Do you do drugs? Not really. But sometimes I dabble. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to probably end up getting a drug habit. And I start going through all these things of all these um, stuff. And then they're like (laughs) 20 minutes into the conversation. We haven't even talked about music. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. Are you willing? I'm not saying any of those things would happen or all of them are going to happen. But a majority of them are going to happen. Are you willing to sacrifice all those things that I just said? And they're like. Oh, I don't know, man. That's some heavy duty shit. I'm like, well, then you're not ready to do what I'm doing. All right. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, can I just say that? Like, honestly, a, no, I'm not willing to risk all those things. And B, I love 2022 because you don't have to anymore. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you don't have to subject yourself to situations or, or lifestyles or, or make decisions like that where it's like an all or nothing situation. Like it's in a, in a way we're getting to kind of rewrite the playbook and you look at Twitch as like part one. I still feel like we're the wave has not yet crashed. No. Like I remember so here's like a funny example, but I've been I've still skateboard. I've been skateboarding for like fifteen years. And but when I was in like eighth grade, which would be like two thousand eight, I was making these trick tip videos. So it's just me like, Hey, I'm Tom Mendy, I'm gonna teach you how to kickflip or whatever. And they would get like tens of thousands of views on YouTube. I didn't really know how to harness that lightning in the bottle because I was twelve or whatever, but when I look back and even historically, it's like proven all you needed to do was make content on YouTube and you would be successful in 2008. Right. Anybody who joined in 2016, sorry, it's saturated. It's not happening that way anymore. You got to, you got to really claw and dig and, and hustle. And right now I feel like to an extent, we're still in that 2008 world on Twitch where it's like, just show up and be the best self you can. And honestly, like 
you'll get some eyes. I'm not saying you're going to get all the eyes. I'm not saying it's going to be easier that you won't have those tough streams where it feels like it's not worth it. But for the most part, if you get on and you do your best, people will, will pass through. And then it's your opportunity to, right. you know, and you, then you have to do that. No, I agree. Like that was the one thing I remember having a conversation with, um, the last A&R guy that we had at the record label at Century Media with, uh, with Brandon and we were, we were kind of reneg- we we're trying to renegotiate a deal and we just, we, you know, three records and we just, we are not a profitable band profitable to the label, to our management, anybody around us was just, there was no money to be made. And then we we're all at a crossroads like, okay, it's been eight years. I mean, if we had a pizza shop and we had eight years of no returns, like your pizza shop would have right. never no, lasted a year. You're closed. You would have closed after a year too. But, um, I'm like, where's the future of this business going? He's like, man, he goes, it's going to become so artist centric and it's really going to be up to artists and the artist is going to, if the artist can gain the knowledge, have, first of all, have the talent, but then have the knowledge of all these other things. Can you record? Can you do your own social media? Can you book your own shows? Can you become all these things yourself or people within your band be all those things or people that you work with be all those things? The more you have control of, the better chance you do. And again, now you don't have to subject yourself to those things that I had to, because I was catching the tail end of, a, you know, a 30 or 40 year model, you know? Right. Um, but it gave me this perspective because now I've been able to steer my own ship. I mean, I have people around me that help me and, and, but I've never had an agent. I've never had a manager. I've never had someone to do my own, so, you know, social media really, I got people on the fringes that kind of help me out here and there, but I'm the judge, jury, and executioner of my my career, and so are you. Right, and it's you know? heavy as the crown, though, sometimes, right? Like, man, it's... Oh, God. It, it's a, it is a full-time job, and it's like, you know, I, I may only spend six hours on a Saturday singing, but I spent the other four responding to messages and, and like, tracking expenses and and... You know, <laughs> well, that I mean, you get those people like, man, you play, you just played three hours and you made what, man, did that yeah. all week and look at those tips and all that shit. I'm like, yeah, you, you just saw three hours of like this gig. Tip of the iceberg is, is only a fraction of all the years I had to learn these songs, get better at these songs by the equipment. Oh, and those are, uh, it, it, some of the, and that's the thing. Not all songs are created equal. Like some no. of them take some real like time effort and studying and you're in there like literally studying like okay what's the arrangement like i hear he's doing that riff but he's only doing the riff on the second time and not the fourth time it's like it's it's like that so yeah but you know and then some songs you just rip through three chords and it works out <laughs> right. but right it's like me doing weddings like i'm kind of backing out of the wedding business i'm well, not completely i'm just going to do like cocktail and dinner hours, like simple. I just want to get in there. I just want to do that. And I want to leave. I don't want to be part of the planning process. I don't want to be there all fucking day and all these things. And everyone's like, man, but you used to make X amount for per wedding. And I'm like, yeah, but dude, do you understand? I've sacrificed an entire day, like a wedding. Like I'm up at nine loading 10 times the amount of gear that I need to do. Get there. You're under a tremendous amount of stress. Cause you're trying to make sure. I was sure. going to say the stakes are high. That's right. the main thing. Like, right. the stakes like, are high. like you don't, you don't mess up. Your gear doesn't go out. You no. don't show up with a broken voice. You don't, yeah. you don't do any of that. You don't get the opportunity because it's a once in a lifetime. Event. Right. And the count, the countless emails going back and forth, the planet and the planning sessions with 
the bride and the bride and groom and the people and then the coordination with the venue and then the coordination with the flower like everybody else and, and the contracts and the insurance oh. and, and I'm like yeah. you don't understand how much all this stuff is and I'm like man like yeah okay am I going to make 2500 for this wedding or 2 grand yeah but if we break it down the amount of hours that I spent to do this wedding I probably made 10 bucks an hour <laughs> you know yeah yeah I made, that's I, it. I that's made less than minimum when you I made less than minimum wage yeah. I mean, for all of us, I mean, as doing these musician things and, and, and you get that and you probably get that more and more every year. And the pandemic probably showed that to you more. It's like how valuable our time is. And one thing that I've gotten is like, now I have this whiteboard in my office that literally plans out. It's a rough plan out of every day, every week. And for me to hit these certain goals, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Sometimes I can get Monday and Tuesday done on all the all the Monday, but man, it's just I have to be tremendously focused because I was getting overwhelmed near the end of last year. Like I I'm, I got too much on my plate, but I can't afford to bring someone on to do other things. So buckle the fuck down, you know. So Tuesdays are podcasts. Yeah, well, you're you're disciplined, dude, and I think that's like. Discipline is one of the hardest things for me. I'm, I'm super entrepreneurial. I'm very strategic. I, I love what I do. And I, I love the feeling of getting the things that I do done. Like I get intense satisfaction out of all of it. I love it. I like all the things I do, but I, I'm not always as disciplined as I could be. And that's just, you know, me being real with myself, but you dude, you got a whiteboard and you got all your days sketched out as a rough plan. Like, yeah. And then I do a daily to-do list, you know, in the morning when I'm eating my breakfast, because I mean, here's the thing. I spend an hour and a half to two hours every morning. I mean, that's travel time and all that stuff devoted to my fitness, you know, could I, could I take that time off? I mean, if I took those two hours away, I could get a shit ton more done during the day, but at the same time, then I'm going to fucking sacrifice my physical ability, which and I need. Doesn't to keep. it just set the mood for the day? Like oh, when you go in and you get the workout done, now you're 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 already functioning. Like you're yeah. you're fired up. You feel like that's like step one to getting your head in the like. I'm on a roll. I'm going to get this day. Like I'm going to kick this day's ass. That's how I feel when I'm done in the gym. But I'm not always disciplined. Like I was, I, I was going to skip the workout today. And then you said you were done, and I was like, "Damn it, get it in, get it." Joe in. already got his in. <laughs> I got to get mine in. I have to. But I mean, I, cool I, I, some, sometimes I sacrifice an hour or so of sleep. Like I could sleep a little bit longer, but I was like, "No, man, you, if you want to get this shit done, got to get up and get going." You know? Yeah, the benefits are are they're residual too, for sure. When you feel good, like you're able to, to operate well. Yeah, um, exactly. But I was going to say that's the cool thing about surrounding yourself with people, though, right? Who like are are your peers and into the same things as you and, and, you know, just being able to look and be like, damn, Joe got his work out in like, that's you having a positive effect on my, on my day, just through that little reminder of like, shit. Do you feel, I got to get on that. Do you feel as that you have grown out of this, you know, kid band, because, you know, I remember looking at, for my example, like when I got to, know the kids in dead rose and when i met them they were all 14 and 15 years old and some of the cats are like man you gotta go check these kids out and and everyone was fawning over them because like oh my god they're kids and they're playing you know guns and roses and they're killing it and i'm like all right cool and i sat them down one time and i remember jimmy's they practiced at jimmy's house i'm like hey would you come over and have dinner with us you know my mom's gonna make dinner and they were still in high school like come over and maybe write a song with us and give us some, I'm like, yeah. And I came over and I'm like, all right, first things first, 
one of these days, you're not going to be the cute kids anymore. You're just going to be, you're going to be me. You're going to be these other guys in town that can play their fucking instruments, you know, and that is going to wear the fuck off. And you're now just going to be, and I named off a couple other guys that were like better than they were. They were great for yep. their peer, but I mean, someday you're just going to be this guy, that guy, and the other guy. And it's nothing against any of those guys, but you're going to be those dudes. So get that out of your, start thinking about that because at some point there's going to be a transition period and you're not going to, you're going to be a grown man and no one's going to be like, oh, you're just a dude that can play guitar and your guy can sing and you can do it well, but that's it. So, yep. but once, once you got past that phase, cause I'm sure you guys had that attention on you at, at, at one point. Uh, and then now that you've, and this is kind of a two part question, and then you got to a point where, and here you are now, now you've given, given up the dream of being Guns N' Roses. And now you're like, okay, I just want to be a working musician. I want to be able to, to make it. And if I'm selling a million records and become huge, then so be it. That's a bonus. But I think I can make it here. And did you feel that people, you lost people along the way because of that? Okay, so and part that's one a being lot. That's a lot. I gave you yeah, a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and don't don't be afraid to, to keep me on track too All if right. I stray. But I'll I'll try to tackle from part one. Go ahead. Kid band angle. Um, yeah, I think so. I might even spend that back on you. Do you think we still get points for being young? You do because you still look young. Okay, <laughs> exactly. And I was so I was going to say from my perspective, I don't feel young anymore, and I feel like I, I lost the. Um, the like you're a kid band benefit where it's like holy shit like you're like 17 i can't believe this is possible you're so good for your age i think that's gone um in terms of like truly feeling like a kid but i agree i'm dude i'm 28 and i went on my 28th birthday to a brewery to get a beer and the dude's like all right i'm gonna need your id because you look 14 (laughs) and i was like i'm 28 today but here you go Right. And it's like, I still get that. And I, I, I understand that. Like I see it. I look in the mirror. I know what I look like. I'm happy about it because who wants to be 28 looking 40 when you could be 28 looking 18. Right. You know what I mean? And people, I, to be honest though, I'll say this. I feel like I'm disappointing people because one of their fit, there's like, honestly, there's like probably two questions that we get at almost every single gig and maybe even once in every single stream. One, the stupidest question of all time, are you actually brothers? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, you think I call myself the Andy brothers and I'm not brothers? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. But um, I mean, but there's, two, the, there's, the, how, there's the doobie brothers and none of them were. Really I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, man. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just fucking with no, you. It's go fake. ahead. It's fake. We're not brothers. Um, the second one though, is how old are you guys? And then honestly, we stay our ages. We're 27 and 29 or 28 now after like two weeks ago, 28 and 29. And I can see the look on their face of disappointment where they're like, Oh shoot. We thought for sure you were like 21 <laughs> and they're like literally bummed. Like they, we took a part of ourselves away from them. Um, <laughs> that's on, that, it, that's on like, them though. <laughs> it is, it is, but it starts to, you know, I mean, there's something like just being honest, it's kind of a bummer for me too, because I'm like, damn, like, eventually they're going to ask and I'm going to be like, I'm 35 and they're going to be like, Whoa, we thought you were 25. You know, like <laughs> not that I can predict how I'm going to age exactly, but right. my plan is to stay healthy and, um, you know, to stay youthful and, and energetic. So that's been kind of a bummer. Um, 
I, I feel like we lost the, the youth card later, but the reason why I asked you is because I can't have a true perspective on that, you know? No, no. But it, you can. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, people think I'm younger than I actually am, and then when I tell them, I'm like, well, I'll be 48 next month, which I will. In a couple of weeks, I'll be 48 years old. I'm nearly 50 years old. I, I, if you looked at me when I was 35 and 33, I looked way older than I do now because of the way I was abusing my body at that point. But, like, um, I definitely look a little bit younger, and that plays into my my part. So some people are like, what you're, you're what you're 48. I thought you were like 35. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing something. That's right. a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm finally yeah. doing something right. Not that that matters because honestly, in this day and age, we have seen people before it was a big youth card. And then obviously there's certain, um, genres of music that the, the youth thing still has to exist, you know? Uh, and, you know, pop music and stuff like that. That's really a young person's game. Or if you become big when you're young, then you can sustain it for your career. But like um, you can I mean, remember when Susan Boyle was a thing? Remember that woman from? Yeah, the UK? yeah. And she came out of nowhere and she had been like a house what a housekeeper for an entire life. And then all of a sudden, at like the late 50s, almost 60 years old, she'd become an international superstar. So the way our media is now, there is no time frame anymore for a lot of success. So, I mean, a lot of us, I remember when I left, when, when Brand New Sin kind of fell apart and when I left the band, there was a, a huge amount of time. And I don't, I don't know if it was six months, a year, a couple of years where I felt completely defeated. I was like, well, there was my, that was it. That was, that was my only shot at like, well, I remember deriving my identity from being in a band where I'm like, well, if this is over, then who am I? Then, like, right. Yes. Uh, but then I got older and I'm like, all right, success on a local level is cool. I can sustain this and I could, you know, navigate this. And I see some of the other older guys in town, like Joe Whiting and Ronnie Lee and all these other cats that I've looked up to growing up that have successfully, you know, in their sixties still being successful musicians. They've transitioned in different ways. Um, um, but then all of a sudden COVID hit and the whole Twitch thing happened. And now all of a sudden I feel like I'm getting more opportunities now uh, to set myself up for bigger success than I ever could have imagined in brand new sin. And I'm nearly 50 years old. So I don't now I don't feel as bad as I did when I first left brand new sin. Cause a lot of those guys, when they lose their bands or they lose their record deals and they have to go back working a day job or doing all these things, they feel defeated. And they're like, well, that was my, that was my only shot in life. So I guess I hang up the guitar or hang up the, drumsticks and go get a job, you know, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't, you know? Yeah. It's, well, it's important to pivot too though. Right. Like, I mean, you have to see what's working and you have to do what's working. You have to see like what you're capable of and play on your strengths and, and like find a way to leverage it to be successful. And I think like you did that and it's, 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 it's not a coincidence that you were able to kind of redefine your situation and, and find success elsewhere. Um, that's the one thing I learned. And that's one thing that you, you have learned is like being able to pivot and pivot as quickly as possible is, and you know, diversify so that yes. you're prepared to pivot. Yeah. I mean, the reason everyone's like, why do you know these many songs? I'm like, listen, it's actually stupid. <laughs> it's, it, it's real. It's actually just stupid when you think about the amount of songs that I know, or I can pull off. Uh, but I go, it, it came out of necessity to be able like, all right, I'm going to go play a, a one-year-old's birthday party at one o'clock 
And then I'm gonna I go, did that last year for the first time. <laughs> right. I'm going to play a one-year-old's birthday party. Then I'm going to go play a brewery in the afternoon with some older people, you know, some people yep. who just want to get it. And then I'm going to go play a gig that night at a bar and I need to be high energy. Put me in any situation, bar mitzvah, funeral, kid's birthday party, anything. I want to be employable and, and to be a Great. working musician. Like, yeah, do I want to play so many songs? No, but do you want to make money? Do you want to make money? Do you want to be a working musician? Do these things so then eventually you can do the other things as well. Okay, those other things will be there. Right, the, the ends justify the means. To me, hell yeah, I'll yeah. play. I'll play whatever you need to hear. Like you know, but what's cool is Twitch is kind of taking that away as well. Like to an extent, you're still playing that game. Like you're still putting songs on your song list, maybe that aren't your favorites. But for the most part, like you're in charge. Yeah, and honestly, if you want to pass, chat's cool with that. Yeah. If you're just like, you know what? I don't feel like for you. I don't feel like the piano man today. No, that, and know, that's like, why. That's why I put those high price tags on certain stuff like that. And you know, for the most part, and there's there's at least four or five songs a night that I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do it, but I, I do it. I do it my ability because someone just spent their money on me, you know, and right. spending and, their time with me, and it's like, okay, but then when I get done at the end of the day, I just pay my bills. Uh, yeah. I've been able to buy some new gear. And I can go make a record because I made some money, you know, I can go. Well, it's amazing record. what those, you, you, when you'd be surprised how those little decisions of like, um, that are tough like that, like, do I want to play this song? You know, it's like, hell no, I don't. But I know that this person wants to hear it. They requested it. They've been waiting for how long. So for example, I was on last night and um, Hotel California was last. That's kind of a, a, a big ask vocally for me. It's one of the harder songs to sing very relentless. Um, and it's classic rock. Like, you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, and I got to the end of a five hour stream and I, I really wanted to pass. Like, I really wanted to just be like, look, like, Hey, I'm sorry, but I need to save my voice for tomorrow. I don't want to like lose a notch of vocal health to do hotel California. But I checked the person was still in chat. They showed up and said, Hey, yeah, I'm still here. And I didn't, I didn't skip it, but I got a level five hype train on that last song. Yeah. Like I could have passed. I could have went on a raid. I could have moved on. But instead, I said, you know what? I got you. I took care of it, and I got rewarded with a level five hype train. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's your job. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, And you never know when, like, just, you know, be disciplined, get it done, make it happen. You'd be surprised the, the way that life will reward you for it. Yeah, because you don't know, man. Like, I've had people come in and request a song, and I'm just like, man, I'm not really feeling this song. But I play it, but it meant a lot to them. And the next thing you know, not only did they, you know, tip me, for the song. And then after the song was done, they're like, you just made my day. And they drop like a $50 bill. And they're like, thank totally. you for that. You know, it's like, okay. Right. And you were, you could have passed. You could have feeling salty. Yeah. And, and, and I tell musicians all the time, like, if that's the way you want to do it, then do so. But just know that the residual, like, you don't know what's going to happen after this. And again, you know, I see people all the time. They're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel my stream. I'm not feeling that great today. And I'm like, yeah, but what if you had a day job and right. you had to go to your job five days a week for eight hours a day and you're never going to feel a hundred percent all the time. I understand. Like, if well, that's one of the hard fucked, things about streaming and is like, it's, it feels voluntary. It feels like you're doing volunteer work. Right. And it, like when you get in that mindset, you'll skip, you'll pass. You'll say, no, nah, not today. Just don't really feel like it. And there goes your Twitch career. No, like, it's just it's, like that. It's consistency. Or just get on there, man. Uh, there's been times I haven't been 100% whether it was my anxiety or whether it's just the way I felt and I just like 
you know, two minutes before stream, I'm laying on the couch watching something. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to sing that. I want to yeah, do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. But then I'm like, no, dude, this is my job. And like, wait a minute, what a fucking cool job do I have? Like, get yeah, off your fucking totally. ass. And like, and then get in there <laughs> and then tell your community, like, hey, man, I'm feeling a little off tonight. My boat, my voice is off. Maybe we'll just talk a little bit more and we'll do this. And the next thing you know, your community props you up and like, hey, man, whatever you want to do. And it's like, They'll rally around you. That's yep. a, that's a, so different, you know, because going into a bar or going into you know, a venue and doing that stuff, it's like, it's a little bit different. You can't say those things. So, but again, you know, I, I don't, it takes a lot for me to have to cancel something like something's got to be going on in life or something's got to be internally, you know, physically going on with me where I just can't. Uh, and it takes a lot for me to cancel anything. <laughs> Just a reminder, the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by EJA Moving Services. Located out of Utica, Rome area, they helped move me a couple years ago. They were fantastic. Check them out, ejamoving.com at 315-335-0516. The Just Joe podcast is brought to you by the Royal Auto Group and Salesman Supreme, Jason Allen. He knows how to make a deal. Trust me, he's a good buddy of mine. I've seen him do it. You guys looking for something new, something pre-owned, something new to you? Take the short drive down 81 to Cortland, New York, to the Royal Auto Group. They have four different franchises there. They have Chevy, they have Buick, they have Nissan, they have Subaru, and they have many lenders for any credit situation. Their service is open for all your vehicle needs, as well as the -the state-of-the-art body shop. So stop down and see Jason today, theroyalautogroup.com, or find Jason on Facebook and tell him that Just Joe sent you. The Royal Auto Group, home of the no-hassle, razzle-dazzle, $400 referral fee. This is just a reminder that the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors Incorporated. 315-463-0674 for all your hardwood floor needs. Yeah, and you'll find that when you make those hard decisions, sometimes you get rewarded tenfold, you know, like sometimes it's instant like that. Sometimes it's not. Yes. Sometimes you didn't want to do it and then you go do it and it's not that great. And you're like, well, yeah, but oh, if well, you ever know, but you, ever, you feel good. You feel accomplished. Yeah, but here's the thing about Twitch and we'll go down this rabbit hole for a minute. Like, you have no idea what the fuck's going to happen when that camera turns on. Like nine times out of 10, when you know you're rolling into like, say, Hey, I'm going to go to bottom. I'm playing bottomless brewery tonight. I'm playing Ventosa. I'm uh, playing, I'm playing dinosaur barbecue. Yep. You know, you pretty much know how the night is going to go all the time, regardless before you even get there. And as soon as you get there, you get the vibe and I'm like, all right, this is exactly what I thought tonight is going to be. And that's it. Like, yeah, you'll have those yep. moments where someone came up, gave you a hundred dollar bill, or you have these magical moments at gigs like that. But Twitch, that's, that's next level. Like some nights you're like, yeah, I don't, I just don't think it's going to be a, one of those nights. And then the night gets done and you're like, holy shit, did that just happen? <laughs> like I Dude, didn't, they're streaming, they're, they're rave streams. We'll call them like that where you're just like, wow, like you get done and you're on a cloud. You're like, I can't believe that was how our stream went today. You never would have known before. And you're, I think that's the, like, truly you you set it up this way because that's what it feels like as a streamer you're like i had no idea that was going to be tonight no i mean i don't even have a feeling before we used to get feelings of like what's it going to be but like when i talk to my mod team or somebody like that i'm like what are you thinking tonight and they're like, i think it'll be good like we're just like we don't know anymore we have no fucking idea yep, what's going to yep. happen and fuck it let's see what just happens but i've also gotten to a point where i know bottom line even a slow night what a slow night's going to feel like and what's going to look like revenue wise, you know, which is, that's the hardest part about Twitch, you know, right. It's getting, it's, it's, it can be hit or miss, but you got to get to a point where at least there's some consistency, but there's tricks with inside of your, 
um, the way that you set up your stream to ensure yourself that you're going to get a, like a bottom line, no matter what, like, uh, right, right. like the, like the, like the w- Ben Halo scene, they are like, Hey man, you, if you want us on for four hours, you have to like, we have to hit, you know, $500 PayPal donations or we're not going to, and they may, dude, they hit it every time. And a lot of times like you want us to go for an extra hour. Well, you know, we got to hit a thousand bucks and nine times out of 10, they do that so that they have ensure themselves that no matter what, they're going to have that consistency. Uh, and that's something yeah, that and you, I, you build up to, you know. I'm excited to kind of like, you know, you had said that you're um, you're kind of weary about who you share all that stuff with. But I'm excited to deep dive that with you on like, obviously we don't want to deep dive our numbers on a right, podcast. That's right. probably a little, probably a little more than we want to show. Right. But I'm so curious about all those things. And I would love to to share with you what I'm doing and where I'm at and just kind of get your opinion on it. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's, that's like, the biggest you're, thing. Dude, you're steps ahead of me. You're always steps ahead of me. And yeah. it's cool to be able to, well, to it, look I mean, into okay. the crystal ball. That is Joe. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just a matter of watching trends and just being cognizant of what goes on in your streams. And my community is basically, has been the same for, you know, I mean, for two years, I mean, I got people that have been there for two years. I got people that have been there for three months, but it's constantly evolving and it's constantly evolving into a different monster than I can ever imagine. So you kind of just like, Hey, I, I think we're on to something here. Let's follow this trend for a little while. And then it's like, okay, well that's, that's not driving it. What's the next thing we're going to do to drive that. And eventually you come to this conclusion of like what it is because most streamers will get that thing because you're going to have you know i've talked to streamers that have been doing a lot longer than i have and they said okay well here's here's the issue and here's something you're gonna have to understand you're gonna have like two or three months where you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm this is is this how how much money i'm gonna make every month you know but then all of a sudden you'll have two months and you're like oh my god dude <laughs> you're like ouch like maybe i'm not cool anymore you know but that, yeah I, yeah that no, I'm, I'm like 14 months in and I've, I've seen my low, low months and I've seen really high ones. And the first time I got a really high one, I was like, okay, we did it. Like, we're gonna, this is it. And then no, not so much. No, even the most, even the record month. Yeah. Even the most successful streamers that I've come across, they're like, dude, we even have times and it'll be a couple months and it happens every year. So just prepare yourself to have months that are a little bit leaner. But, um, here's the difference between, ourselves like myself and you guys uh there's a lot of streamers that's all they do 95 percent of their income is strictly streaming they're not as diversified as as like like you and i like if we feel it's trending a certain way then I make it, I, that's why I changed my schedule around a little bit in the fall so i can allow myself to go start playing some more irl gigs uh, so I know that I can balance it all out and I play less IRL gigs. So the, the money seems to give a little bit more. The tips are a little bit more. So now it seems to balance out. And then I have all these other things, lovegrams and, you know, writing a jingle or, you know, merchandise, you know, all these things. You just start creating all, all the these, angles. You're right. You, you create revenue streams on revenue streams on revenue streams so that one, one tails off, you can always look to something else to always constantly be bringing in those things. Whereas I think some streamers are so short sighted uh, that they're just, or, or they're so into that. They haven't diversified because some of them, that's all they've ever done. They know, ne- you know, like, right. There's that, some, does that not blow your mind? Yeah. Like when you find a streamer that's really talented and they're like, no, I've never played a show. I'm like, <laughs> what? 
Have you yeah. ever played a show? Yeah, like I don't. I I've never played a show, played or like I played thousand shows before they got on. Right, or they like I play like five shows a year, like maybe one show a month, and it's like an hour sat at a coffee shop yeah. down the street. I'm like, yeah. what? Like you have the ability. Like if you're like in my no, area, you could be gigging all right. the time. The potential that they have to take over their market that they're not even like capitalizing on it, and that might be you know, there's a hundred different reasons why they might not want to do that or or may not have like decided to do that. So that's fair to consider. But to me, I'm like you said if there's a way that I can leverage myself, I'm going to do it. Yes. Like, I mean, you know, obviously with, with some limitations, but you, you get what I mean when I say that. Yeah. It's like, but I mean, honestly, if I can be doing it at all, I'll do it all. Right. Right. That's and why I'm on trips. That's why I do IRL gigs. That's why I'm a photographer. Um, like I'm a, I don't know if you know, I'm a wedding photographer. Yes, I do. But, I need to know. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm a wedding photographer. I, I do commercial photography for wineries and breweries. I like I do real estate photography, and like you said, that keeps it so that when times are tough in one business, I can almost guarantee you they're not tough in every business. No, nope. they're always they're always there's always going to be other ways to do that, and uh, and consistency, consistency. Consistency, consistency across the board is what's going to make success, and that's especially with Twitch. Like on um, the people that have. Um, success are the ones that like, Hey, I'm going to lock in a schedule. It may not be like, you know, some people like, Hey, I'm going to stream five days a week. Well then stream five days a week. Hey, I'm going to stream three days a week. Like me, I'm down like three days a week, you know, just because it was like, you know, it gets there. I mean, for a while it was seven days a week, then five days a week and then five days a week and then four days a week with a fifth day, you know, and, it was, and eventually it becomes a grind and then life started coming back a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I can't just stay home all the time. I got to get out. Well, I think there's also the the truth to like, A, you want your community to miss you and B, you want to miss your community. Like I want to get to my stream because um, I'm similar. I do three guaranteed days and sometimes I'll slip a fourth in. But um when I get to my first stream of the week, I'm excited to be back. Me like, too. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, yeah, let's, let's there's, there's a, usually a significant amount of time, usually two or three days before I come back. Yep. And usually, uh, typically at least lately, that is my most successful stream because honestly, here, here's also the, the fact, even though I'm still growing and I'm not growing. I mean, there's times where I grow exponentially because of, you know, I'm just on that wave or Twitch is putting me in an algorithm to get, or they put me on the right, front page right, and they're yep. doing those things. You ride that wave. Um, but then you also got to realize that when you sit down and break down the numbers, and this can go for the same in real life, there's uh, 90% of your revenue is going to come from 10% of the people. Absolutely. And okay. I literally just, this just on my last stream was like, look, if you're in the top three of any category of bits or subs or donos, like I'm going to learn a song for you because you're the person that's keeping me going like truly. And so I, I couldn't agree more like that. Yeah. That's a literal fact so of you, streamers you, and you, their income. Right. And that goes even as big as you get, you're still probably, temp I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing out numbers, but I, it's roughly that it could be even smaller than that. So you have to understand unless you got some super wealthy person, that's always in your freaking chat that, that has nothing better to do with their time and money. Most of these people are just, they are, blue blue collar working class people just like us you can only tap that well for so long you can't expect this guy to constantly be dropping subs and dropping big donations 
uh, because they're on a budget. I mean, could I do that all the time? No. So you have to understand that like, even in real life, you have to do that. Like you can't overplay a place because you can do well on tips, but those people aren't going to tip you like that every time. So you have to like, okay, right. You have to understand like, and people have budgets, man. So, um, make that happen, you know? So make sure that these people understand that and, and then roll with it. So. And give them a break. That's like with a time schedule. It's like, man, I can't expect homeboy to be on six days a week with me, like burning through the daylight. It's, so I, I think there is some value to, <laughs> to being as available as yeah. you're, you know, as you're, you think is, is smart and strategically necessary and yeah. not as available as you are. Cause yeah. six streams a week is, it's not sustainable for viewers. It's not sustainable for the streamer. It's, no, it's not. And I mean, you can do that grind and there's are people who do, they're, they're more than willing to do that grind. Um, but you also know that like, that's, that's a grind, you know, six, seven, eight hours every time you stream yeah. is, is intense. Yeah. I mean, there was a time I just would stream. I would, I wouldn't stop streaming until like there just was nothing left. There was nothing left. In Man, the, and you, nothing and you left wonder, in the you wonder why you were able to explode through the pandemic. Like, damn. Right. I mean, there was time uh, right before I got my numbers to be able to get partnered. I was doing seven, eight hour streams, five days a week, six days a week. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler loves does that. And I'm like, uh, dude, you're going from nine to five. Yeah. What a workhorse. That's that's it. That's his job. That's the way I looked at it for a while. I'm like, why are you doing? He's like, well, dude, this is my job. So I wake up and you know, and then that's, some people go nine to five at their job. I'm going nine to five at my job. And uh, it's a little more, more of a grind, but that's how he has to be able to, that's how he sustains, you know, so it yep, works for him. Yep. I couldn't freaking do what he does, but also Tyler also walk off stream and go eat and come back and you'll right, see totally, spaghetti totally. and stuff like that, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's a completely different thing. But uh, then I was like, you know, I got to, I got to cap this. And then we do that. And then I was worried. I'm like, well, man, maybe people know, because then if you put a time limit on it, then that happens. But it, you have to, you just have to be careful, you know, because it can go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, I have a feeling that the rest of this year, just looking at how things are starting to play out, not even in Twitch or in real, in, in music, just in life, I have a feeling things are going to start getting back to a different, you know, are they going to be what they were pre pandemic? I don't know, but we're definitely going to get back to a more of a, like, not so crazy you know, like not so many yeah, rest- yeah. restrictions and everything else. And I think people are going to lighten up a little bit. So there's going to be this, you know, big thing, especially happens in the summertime when people are like, all right, let's, let's get out. And there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a very, a very magical friggin' time. So it's, it's about pivoting, man. I, I think that's at the heart of what we just went through in this section of the podcast is being able to do that for any young musicians. So with that being said, like, where do you, where do you see yourself and this is tough because I have a, I have a hard time seeing this far ahead anymore because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow anymore. Um, but like, what what are the what are the goals that you have as a musician and as a businessman? It's like is to keep doing what you're doing and keep diversifying and and rolling with the flow in the next ten years. Or do you have like something like I want to be here in ten years? So realistically, like I you had said earlier about like a shelf life. Um, in like certain types of, of, of jobs or markets or genres. Um, I, if we're being honest with ourselves, like Kenny and I, we're the Starbucks of like music 
and I say that because it's like Starbucks feels like a cool local coffee shop where you're going to go in and, and, you know, taste the taste of the city that you're in, but really they're corporate. Like there's, and I feel like Kenny and I, maybe it's imaginary, maybe we don't have this, but I feel like we feel like this cool kind of like alternative, you know, duo and, and we got this vibe, but really we're a pop duo. Like we're, we're kind of capitalizing on a little bit of a boy band type of appeal. Like I joke that we're hair streamers. Like <laughs> it's just stupid stuff like that. Um, and I, but I do feel like, you know, like we're, we're Harry Styles. Like we're at a certain point, we're just going to be the old guys playing Billy Eilish. And I, I fear that. So I do think there will be some type of major pivot. I don't know what that's going to mean for us as a duo. Um, I, I feel like Kenny has a ton of untapped potential as like a, a working musician. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. That's what, I mean, we haven't talked about your brother at all, which is all right. But I mean, uh, there's something really special about your brother and that he could be a guy that like could get a, Hey, can you learn these 20 songs and be here tomorrow? He could go play with, with Miley Cyrus and yeah. go on tour as your backup guitarist. A- for a- sure. Absolutely. Like, I mean, he, he has that potential and that's, a, you know, I mean, you guys are brothers and you guys work real well together, but you also know your strengths and your weaknesses and you are exactly what we've been talking about, but there's something about your brother that, that he has that you don't. And you're like, fucking well, this so the, yeah, the cool thing about us is we really do. We, we do need each other in the sense that like, he would be the best guitarist you've never heard without me. Right. Like he's the guy that he would be crushing the game, but nobody would hear him right. because he's got nobody there to leverage his talent. And I, on the other hand, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty average. Like I'm, I'm a good singer. I can play the acoustic guitar, but I'm, I don't have the X factor. We'll put it that way. Like, I'm not going to, you know, degrade myself too deep, but I don't have an X factor. Kenny is my X factor. Right. Together we harmonize, you know, he adds the guitar solos. He, he really truly develops our sound and adds that X factor appeal where it's like the reason people come in and say, wow, is because of Kenny. Like, I'm <laughs> and, sorry, but I'm not the wow factor. And and you know what? Selflessly, that, that's amazing because most musicians will never say that, you know, or like accept the fact that like, well, you know, the reason why the band is this good is because of this guy or like he's the X factor. Like every person, every band has an X factor. Some have multiple X factors, which is it, right. It's amazing. You know, like when you see someone like a band, like Fleetwood Mac, you know, like everybody individually in that band is an amazing fucking musician, amazing songwriter in their own right. And have had massive success outside of it. Those are rarities. Most bands have like this one cat, that really brings it all together. Not to say that anything else, but it's, it's awesome that you accept that and you recognize that. And that's set you guys set you and your brother up for so much more success. Because as we all know, musicians like sometimes can't let go of their fucking ego, <laughs> you know, whatsoever totally. yeah, yeah. Well, to, to, to understand that. And then they just won't because it's like, dude, like if Kenny you ex- and I have a phrase about whether you're not, I mean, maybe it's just like, are you in it for the glory or are you in it for the success? You know what I mean? Because glory and success don't always go hand in hand. No. It's like when I'm, when I'm playing a one year old's birthday party, like there's no, there's no glory there, but they are paying me double my normal rate and it's not a bad gig. So it's like, I'm not always in it for the glory. Like I'm not, I'm not there to necessarily like wave my, my flag and be like, look, everybody celebrate me. Like <laughs> that's not, uh, you know what I mean? It's not your Success job. Glory are different. Like yeah. When so, I'm playing, when I'm playing a restaurant 
and a brewery for the most part, I'm no different. Like, and, and some people are like, well, no, you're selling yourself. Sure. I'm like, no, if you put yourself in this mindset that you are no different than your decor, you're, you're part of the experience that is oh, there. There, Yeah. Are there people there to see you? Yes. But like, there's a lot of people that aren't. And you're just adding to the, the vibe of the room. Yeah. Like there's amazing food. There's, you know, something to do at the bar. There's some, the TV to watch. There's games to play. And there's, there's music. You're part of the entire experience. And it's not just about you. Sometimes it is about you because you're playing certain, a certain gig that, that is exactly about you. Like last Friday, I played a, a gig up in Oswego and it was with two other singer songwriters. And that was the time for you to shine like that. But then the next day I'm over at Myers brewing company and I'm just, you know, being the, the I'm, guy in the corner. I'm just yep. the guy in the corner and I'm fine with that. And some people are like, man, you didn't even, you know, it didn't bother didn't you. Clap, that, yeah. like, no one clapped for you. And, and it's all right. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm, this is my job. Like I'm just providing well, a vibe so and doing my thing. I've got no problem admitting that my brother's the X factor. Cause I'm not honestly even in it for the glory. And on top of that, like, the cool thing is that we're able to kind of synergistically cooperate with each other because I can admit Ken is the X factor. He's sick. Like he's what makes us truly sick. I'm all right. I could play without him and make, you know, make do, but I'm way better with him. Right. And he's the kind of guy that, like I said, he, he may not, he wouldn't be on Twitch without me, period. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, simply would not be on the platform without me. <laughs> he wouldn't have, uh, you know, a $3,000 camera rig to stream through. He wouldn't have his OBS over. He doesn't know how to, like, he doesn't know half the things that we do. He just shows up and plays guitar really, really well. And that's not, I don't mean that in any way to, like, devalue him because if he's that good at guitar, it, it's justifiable. Like, it's okay to me. Like I don't mind doing everything except for being the X factor. As long as I got my X factor, it's that's fair. That's a good cooperation in my opinion. So, you know, you be the expert talent, you practice, you work on, on being excellent and I'll work on how we're going to leverage that together for long-term success. That that's great. And I'm glad, and, and it's good that he accepts that too, you know, because it's, it's not easy on conversely on his side to be able to like, you know, like, all right, well, yeah, he, really, every once in a while we'll hit a, a snag and, and he'll be like, well, you just tell me what to do. Cause I work for you. And I'm like, well, Oh, sorry. I mean, I do send you a 1099 every year. So in some ways I can agree with that, but no, like, I want it to be a partnership, you know, like we, we work together, but yeah, sometimes I, it does get a little stressful. That, cause, Cause that's why it's, there's sometimes that people are like, um, they'll go, <laughs> They're like, well, why is it just Joe? Why aren't you? Why aren't you in a band? I'm like, man, it's because so, <laughs> it sucks. It's because it's really fucking hard, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, it you is. Know, it you is. know, I mean, even with Brand New Sin, I mean, we're not active, but you know, we did a reunion show a couple years ago, and we're actually rehearsing, and we're going to be doing a, a show at some point this year. I mean, we thought it was going to happen a little bit sooner than later, but there's other factors that are coming into play. So we just realized, like, hey, we're going to push it. At some point this year, we'll do a 20th anniversary show. But the, this time around, when we all got together, like, back in the day, we just were all, everybody just whipping their dicks out. It was a freaking constant sword fight is to, well, I'm going to do that, and why are you doing that? And th- you know, it was, just, it, it was yeah. part of our downfall. But now everybody kind of knows their role and is completely happy with the role that they have. And the band, like, 
And I'm like, but this only works well. And everyone's like, well, we should do this more. I'm like, no, 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 no. It works because we do this in small doses and everyone does know their role. But if we were doing this all the time, I guarantee we would end up with the same issues that we had before. Or at least we would end up have arguments that we had before, you know, or some kind of things like that. So it's just so much better when you're in that situation or you're someone like Bon Jovi, like Bon Jovi's a band, but like there's only one person in Bon Jovi. It's Bon Jovi. He's the only one that's ever got a record deal. He got a record deal. Everyone else is an employee of the band. Yeah. You know, that's why Richie Which Sambora, like, even that's why he let go of Richie Sambora. Wasn't, he wasn't even a part of the band. He was a high paid employee. And at one point he became a liability to the business. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to go get Phil X instead. And, and it was great. Phil X instead. So did, did Richie Sambora write or? Yeah. Richie, Richie, Richie wrote. I mean, if you go back and look at those songs that they wrote with Desmond child, uh, they wrote, they wrote, he was, he was a big songwriter, those, those big hits, but you know, at some point the business wasn't, wasn't working. So they let him go. Even in, yeah. even in Metallica, there's only two guys in Metallica and that's Lars and James. They're the only guys that are, full members of Metallica, even Kirk, who's been there since 1983 is an employee. See, I think that's a, that's a good format to start with though. in, in 2022, where it's like, you don't need to go get a band. You need to build from one or two. in in my case, um, and you'll know when it's time to hire on your drummer, you know, like you'll know when it's time to hire on your basis. Right. And and that's what I I think. I think, that's what I would do if I ever had that opportunity to like put a band together again, it would be under right. the clause. Like, Hey, you guys are here as paid employees. Here's your salary. Um, yeah. I'm going to make the decisions, not saying that it's not all the be all end all. I will definitely take in your consideration. I'm not going to be a dictator. Right. You hired them for a reason, but at the same right. time, it is the just Joe band, like, or, right. you know, whatever you were to end up doing. Right. But even, even when well, if you said, need a good guitarist, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got one that I work Exactly. With. Trust me. I've, I've daydream, I daydream about that shit every once in a while. I'm like, man, if I, if ever shit went down, like who would, who would I hire? And I'm like, I got all yeah, these cats yeah. that I've already have in my head. The because, super groups are fun. The super groups are really fun to think about. Yeah. They're fun. I'm like, I get this guy and get this guy. And I mean, I don't necessarily get along with this dude, but fuck man. He would, if I paid him, he would just do whatever I wanted him to. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like that's the way, yep. it, that's the way it works. But it's, this is how these bands and then everyone's like, well, these it's not the same without so-and-so in the band. I'm like, man, I don't think you fucking understand how these large bands work. They're, they're no different than like, you know, a, a, you know, when you got a band like Metallica, who's literally raking in hundreds of millions of dollars a year, hundreds of, that's a fucking business. It's a gigantic right, right. business. Like if they had a factory, it would be the size of like this giant. And they do. They have their own. They own their everything. They press their own records. They do all this shit themselves. So yes, there's a giant Metallica factory, and they have a tons and tons of employees. So like, that's how they run their business. So like every, all the fans don't think about those things. This, and this goes back to the early part of our conversation. Like they don't see the, they see the wizard of Oz, but they don't see the guy behind the curtain. There's the multiple right. people behind the cool curtains. cool to picture it? Like there's just four really cool guys who, who play music really well and they just get up on stage right. and the magic happens. It's like, nah, that's a fairy tale. Yeah. It's like, you think everybody plays their parts on the record? I'm sorry. No, I hate to ruin the fairy tale for you, but they don't No, Like a majority of those dudes like don't play on their records. And, and there's a lot of times I didn't play on certain parts. I mean, obviously singer is a different story. Um, but right. you know, I remember talking to a couple of producers and 
that were big with in engineers that were big on a lot of those eighties records. Uh, and they're like, yeah, the band would be in here during the day and then they would leave. And then I would bring in the guys to actually do their parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and, like, and, uh, you know, let them live the fairy tale. Right. And some of those dudes didn't even know they didn't play on the records. Like someone like Steve Lukather, who is the, you know, guitar player in Toto, that dude has been credited with like 3000 songs, right? Credited with 3000 songs that have charted or something like that. No, no I, I take that back. He's been on 3,000 credited things, but like he has 1,100 charting credits outside of Toto that he played on. And he's like, that doesn't even scratch the surface of what I've actually played on because there was a lot of times I didn't get credit because I was called yeah. at two in the fucking morning. And they're like, dude, you got to come in here and just, I, I can't get this guy and we can't spend any more time. Another so prime example of something I, I think my brother could do. He's uh, a, absolutely. He's a, a beast in the studio as well that he loves to click and um, he will put ethics in on his performance ruthlessly. You're not going to be hearing any noises. You're not going to be hearing, you know, anything off, off time. If there's a little, you can hear the string there. Nope. That's got to be redone. No, that is. And it's, it's, it's funny because I mean, and people thought that those bands did that. And it's like, wait a minute, go back to the, like, go watch the wrecking crew documentary or the muscle shoals documentary. Like, fucking skinnered who was amazing musicians they didn't even fucking play on their fucking records okay <laughs> yeah well it's, it's a business thing and it comes down to like what are we gonna make the best thing we can the best or thing? are we gonna right. appease people's roles and it? no it's like sorry that's a are, fairy are, are, are we gonna are, guys, are we gonna be a tool and take fucking 10 years to make a record or you know yeah we have x Axel amount Rose. of we have x amount of money and we yep. got to get this done as soon as possible. We got to have it sound as great as possible. We got to get you guys back on the road. Your comp, your, your, whatever happens live happens live. If you can play what happens in the studio, so be it. If it doesn't, then, then so be it. That's live. Doesn't matter. You know? Right. There's, there's a level of forgiveness. Which, yeah. A absolutely. Which, honestly, I'll, I'll say that about Twitch, which I love is that, um, content creation for me has always been, I'm, it's like, I can't decide if I'm really good at it or really bad at it because <laughs> I make, I make beautiful content, but I don't make enough of it because I'm so caught up in making beautiful content. So YouTube was like both really easy for me and really hard. And I've found that Twitch has been great because it's one of those social medias where you just need to show up and yeah. give what you have in the moment. Hey, you, and it's you, not going to be perfect. I screw up all the and time. There's no post-production yeah. for your like video. You just, you're there, just show up and apply yourself. Yeah, or like, that's so like, helpful for me. I'll, I'll crack on a note, or you know, like a fucking train oh, like yeah. a part of the song. I'm like, oh fuck! I'm like, Larry, Larry, let's go listen to this and and stuff like that. And people really like that because there's a realism to it, and it's also like it's fascinating for some people because the way our brains work is not what most people like. When someone watches me do a live learn, they're like, how the fuck did you just do that? I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just what I do. So they like peering in and getting to see like. They, you know, I mean, we don't know how Ruffles, Ridges, potato chips are exactly made, but man, you'd be fascinated yeah, yeah. to watch how they're made. You know, you just, well, isn't it funny though, the, like, um, the, like everyday person's outlook on things like live learns, like how, how much their mind is blown. And then like between you and I, we're like, well, we're being honest, the song's in D and I know the chords that are in the chord progression of D. So once I figured out it was in D, it was yeah. all pretty easy. Yeah, you know, is. like I've explained, I explained how to build a vocal harmony to my chat one time 
And one of my moms was like, I literally thought it was witchcraft. Like I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea. It was simply a root, a third and a fifth. And you just count the half steps. Yeah. Like that makes so much more sense to me. Yeah. Like he's uh-huh. a coder. So he's super mathematic and it's just like, no, it's math. Like you're literally, it's just as simple as counting up the half steps. You're going to find your third. It's either a major third or a minor third. And yeah, it's, but then it's they're like, I don't, they're like, I don't understand. What? What are you talking about? But they're fascinating. They're fascinating. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool. And that's what I kind of like about TikTok. Like I've done TikTok, and I'm like, some of these videos are a little bit longer, but some of them, I'm like, all right, dude, all I got to do is nail this for a minute and fifteen seconds. So like, that's yeah, all you totally. need. That's all I need to do. And there's some days I'm like, I nail it, and other days I got to do like three or four takes because I mean, if you're gonna do it in a minute fifteen, like make sure you make it happen, or if you're gonna leave it up for a duet, like you got to make it under a minute. So. Uh, it's, it's knowing, fun. I think knowing the platform and, and like what type of content you want to make can mean such opposite types of content. Like I'm not great on TikTok. I'm still, I got to like force myself to jump into it. Um, and look at you, like I said, always a couple steps ahead of me, which I love. Um, but one of my best TikToks so far is just me at a live gig turning to Ken and being like, yo Ken. And he's like, what's up? I'm like, let me get a hot lick. And he just rips like a 10 second guitar lick. And then I'm like, that feel good? And he's like, it did. And it's like literally like 50,000 views or whatever. And it's, it's a 10 second organic moment where I literally just turned to him and was like, rip me something. And he did. And that's it. That's the content. It's like, damn, gone on the days of, of producing high end cover videos on YouTube, like Voice uh, Avenue. Yeah. Like those or like, I do watch people that create content on TikTok, and I'm just like looking at like how much went into making that video. I'm totally. Like, I'm like, I don't have time unless that all of a sudden becomes a thing. And I get a brand sponsored by Pepsi or like something along those lines. I'm like, all right, then I'll get better at the video editing or I'll hire somebody to do the video editing for me. But I'm like, I don't have yes. that much time. I'm just going to turn on my OBS. I'm going to record it just like I was recording for my freaking, you know, for my stream. And I'm going to put something up and put some simple simple things on it but you know like i'm like i don't know but it worked though i mean right like the brown eye girl thing you never know when you're going to strike that lightning and all you had to do was just show up and make the content yeah well i mean i think that's a, a, a great out right now i think we've 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 hit on a lot of things i mean you and i could sit here and talk all friggin' day I have, an, I have another podcast, totally. another hour. I'm bringing out another, <laughs> you know, Tuesdays are my podcast day. That's my day where I kind of do all my podcasting stuff. So it's like, you know, this is the day to kind of get things together. But like, I made a list like a couple of weeks ago, like, all right, who, who am I going to have? Cause I got another podcast I'm going to launch, but I have to put the brakes on that because of the other things. I mean, by this time, this, this episode comes out, the cat will probably be out of the bag about what I'm going to do. Uh, but I don't want to yep. say it yet, you know, so I want to say it on here because what if, what if we don't get to announcing my thing until a little bit later, but like I had to put the brakes on it because something came and landed in my lap in the past week. That's like, okay, I want to do this. So, but making a list of podcasting and I made a list of 50 people that I want to do uh, an interview and some of them I know that I can attain other ones. I'm like, Hey man, I, I kind of met them once or I'm friends with them on Facebook or I know somebody that knows somebody and do that. So like, I'm like, man, let's, 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 let's talk to Tommy tomorrow. Cause like yesterday I was like, man, I haven't even lined up any guests for this week. I got to freaking do it. So I'm interviewing you. And then my next episode is um, a girl named Prisca. I don't remember Prisca. She's back on the platform. The Twitch. Um, man, she's a monster musician from Atlanta. Um, she, she's played with a lot of people song written with a bunch of people. Um, 
more notably known for being like when Ben Folds went out and did his solo tour, when it's not like Ben Folds five, he's, she's Ben Folds singer, you know, uh, plays with Mark Martell, who is like the queen guy, the guy that sounds exactly like fucking Freddie Mercury and looks like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she has all these, um, you know, she's got all these, her career has been fascinating. So she's the next one I got coming on. So I got to stop, eat some food, do that. And I got to stream oh, tonight. Oh, totally. Yeah. Tonight do your too. thing, brother. I, honestly, I'm, I'm stoked even just like podcast or no podcast. Yeah. It was nice talking to you for an yeah, hour. Abs- absolutely. Kind of but we'll do a deep vibe on the other, other things because I think we got some insight that would definitely help you, you know, with a more consistency inside of the Twitch stream. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that any conversation I can have with you, I'm going to leave. Absolutely. Feeling, you know what I mean? A little more inspired, a little more educated, and um, yeah. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just better in general stuff. <laughs> All right, buddy. Tell your brother I said hello. We'll see each other and talk to each other real soon, I'm sure. So. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, Doc. Have a great day. All right, man. Later. That is why um, I wanted to talk to Tommy. I mean, he's 28 years old and he has, I mean, you've heard other people I've had on here. He's, he, he, he already has the business sense of everything. I mean, he fucking 1099s his goddamn brother for a duo. Like, dude, what other musician at 28 years old has the business sense of being able to, to run his business as a business uh, and pay his brother what he gets paid? You know, like, that's amazing. That's really what I wanted to, to show is that, like, you know, sometimes, like, all oh, these kids don't understand. These kids don't understand. No, there are kids that understand. And, and, and I will call him always a kid because he's, you know, 20 years younger than I am. I'm literally old enough to be his dad if I had a kid when I was in college. Um, so, but it's really fascinating. Uh, it's really great. And they're an unbelievably talented. They're unbelievably humble. And it's great. You know, I'm so glad that I've came across them and I'm so glad that we've become friends in life. So Tommy, thank you for being on. Uh, Kenny, thank you for, for putting up with your brother. <laughs> uh, you guys obviously can find them in the links of these socials that I'm putting up to, to check them out on Twitch, check them out in real life. They play all over, mainly around the Finger Lakes area, uh, but they do venture up here in the Syracuse area as well. Uh, you can also find them on Twitch. And um, you can go deep down the rabbit hole and check the other stuff that they've done in their career with Nasty Habit and Grind. And I fucking can't remember the other name. We never brought that up. There was another name, but um, they've had some they've had some pretty decent successes over the year. And um, they're not they're not um, shy about like failing and succeeding and trying and working their asses off. So kudos to Tommy and Kenny, to the Andy brothers, to everybody else. Thank you for listening. Uh, I just said, I got to jump off. I got to eat something and then record another podcast, which you'll hear next week. But again, thank you to EGA services, moving company and storage and storage. They have storage now, uh, Charlie and advantage hardwood floors and Jason Allen and the Royal auto group. If you're interested in advertising in my podcast or any other, of my platforms, please message me at just, show at justshow.com. Until next week, my friends, have a good time. Peace.